Happy Thanksgiving, Fairhaven. Uh, my name's Jeremy. I'm one of the pastors here. Excited about this morning, Thanksgiving morning. I've had a few people comment about the blazer, uh, but uh, how many days do you have uh, where the Lions have a chance to go four wins in a row? Right? You have to dress up on a day like today, right? Man. No, but uh, happy Thanksgiving. I love this day, a Thanksgiving morning, the day that we start here, gathered together as one large family here as the church, a day that will, will lead to us gathering with family around other dining tables, uh, talking about why we're thankful. See, I love this day, Thanksgiving, because in so many ways, Thanksgiving, it almost feels subversive it almost feels countercultural. then in a world where we're often told that like what you don't have we're reminded of what we don't have and what we could still a day that we've baked into the calendar every single year where we stop we stop and we don't think about the things that we don't yet have or the things that we could have or how life might be better if we stop And we focus on all of the things we're thankful for. We focus on all of the reasons we're thankful. We focus on all of the the incredible gifts that God has given us. Things that so often we just take for granted and we just blow over. Had had we not dedicated this day as Thanksgiving, this day just would have been Thursday. This day, on on one hand, is still just Thursday. But because we've identified, no, 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 we're not going to let this Thursday be like any other Thursday. This Thursday is going to be different. Why? Well, because I, I think in a lot of ways because we approach it differently, right? Because we approach this Thursday, not as just Thursday, but we approach this Thursday as Thanksgiving, as this day that we are going to stop and we are going to reflect and we are going to open our eyes to all of the things we're grateful for. And it's my hope, it's my hope, that when we leave Thursday and go into Friday, we don't just move through the motions of Friday, but what we do today, what we do this Thursday, will carry on into how we live on Friday and Saturday and as we move forward. And today, we're going to have an opportunity uh, to pass mics, like Lori said, where we're going to be able to reflect on what we're grateful for on what we're thankful for today on this Thanksgiving. And before we do, I want to open our scriptures together. I want to open to a psalm. Uh, The psalms, the psalms are one of my favorite books of the Bible because the psalms are full of emotion and they're full of life. Uh, That that there's, I'm pretty convinced that there's nothing we experience in life that doesn't find its way into the psalms. That the Psalms, in a lot of ways, it's, it's not a book like some of the other books in our Bibles, but the Psalms, in a lot of ways, it's kind of the prayer book of the people of God through generations. It's the song book of the people of God across generations. And so, as people who found themselves in the way of faith have experienced life, have experienced loss, have experienced grief, have experienced joy, have experienced times of praise, what we find is so many of those moments, those experiences, find their way into the Psalms. So much so that there are times, I don't know if you've ever been there, but there's times in life when like, you want to pray, but you don't know the words. And in times like those, I've often gone to the Psalms and prayed the words that people of God have prayed for thousands of years. 
Uh, that in times of praise, we can go to the Psalms. A lot of our songs are based on the songs that were written thousands of years ago. And on days like today, when we carve out a day to be thankful, uh, guess what there's Psalms about? There's Psalms about Thanksgiving, right? Shocking. And so today, I want to spend some time in one of those psalms. It's Psalm 107, if you want to follow along. Uh, there are pew Bibles in front of you. Otherwise, uh, you can pull up on your devices, or you can just listen to the words of the psalm. Uh, so Psalm 107, it's a psalm of thanks. It starts this way. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. And now we pause. Because the psalmist starts almost with like a thesis statement. Because he starts, give thanks to the Lord. Which, which is an interesting command, isn't it? Like, give thanks. Be thankful. But the psalmist, it feels like he, he recognizes this is a, an interesting command. Because the psalmist right away gives us the reason why. How can we be thankful? Well, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. And notice the language the psalmist uses. Uh, the, the psalmist doesn't say that God does good, right? God does do good. But the psalmist is more intentional than that. He says, for the Lord is good. See, the psalmist starts by saying, how can we give thanks? Well, we can start giving thanks by, by first stopping and recognizing who God is. Uh, there's a, a famous theologian, a guy by the name of A.W. Tozer. And A.W. Tozer, he, he wrote this, uh, this, this brilliant book. Uh, but in it, A.W. Tozer, it's the knowledge of the holy. In it, A.W. Tozer says, what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. What you believe about God is the most important thing about you. Because what you believe about God in so many ways will shape the way you live your life and the way you interact with God. And so the psalmist begins by nailing down the very character of God. Who is God? Well, he starts by saying, well, God is good. He's good. Yes, he does good, but he does good because he, in his character, who God is, God is good. And then he says, and his love will endure forever. His love will endure forever because God is good and we know that God's love endures forever because, again, this is speaking into the character of who God is. That God, uh, Jesus, one of Jesus' closest disciples, probably his youngest disciple, uh, John, John, will, he will write a gospel, a story of Jesus' life, and he'll write a number of letters, uh, three of them. And in there, John will say that God is love. So how does God's love endure forever? Well, God's love endures forever because God in his very nature, who God is, God is love. The very character of who God is, God is good, God is love, and his love will endure forever. And then the psalmist. The psalmist is going to start doing what many of us are going to do today. Uh, the psalmist is going to look back and look at different stories different examples of, of where God has been with his people, of where God has blessed his people through history. Because one of the things I love about the Psalms is they recognize that the story that we're all a part of, the story of faith, is much bigger than just my story, right? 
so often I live through life thinking like, I, this is all my story. I'm the main character of my story. And everybody else just plays like a, some other role in my story, right? But one of the things I love about the scriptures is that they time and again recognize that, no, no, we, we have a part to play, an important part to play in a much larger story that is God's story. And so when the psalmist says the Lord is good and his love endures forever, the psalmist is going to look back. And he's going to look way back and start sharing stories about the way God has been faithful to the people from the beginning. A Psalm 107, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Because you have a story. I have a story. A story of the goodness of God. A story of the the enduring love of God in good times, in hard times, everything in between. He says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, from north and the south. And then he starts with his examples. And notice what the psalmist does. Songs today, like psalms then, have refrains, right? We, we might call them choruses, where you'll sing a verse and then you get to the chorus. And then you sing a verse and you get to the chorus. A Psalm 107 has verses and it has choruses. This, this thesis, this core idea that the psalmist keeps bringing us back to. He says, some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Then the chorus. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for all mankind. For he satisfies satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Psalmist continues. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of the darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Uh, The chorus. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down the gates of bronze and cuts through the bars of iron. Uh, Another example, we jump to another verse. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for all mankind. Uh, The psalmist will continue. And give more examples. Always come back to coming back to that refrain. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And then the psalmist, after his examples are done, the psalmist will end. And I love the way he ends Psalm 107. The psalmist says, let the one who is, high, who is wise heed these things. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. What wisdom looks like to the psalmist 
is the person who looks back at their story, at the larger story, and sees the way God is always present. Sees the ways, the many ways that God is good and his love endures forever. This, the psalmist says, is what wisdom looks like. It's one of the things I love about today, about Thanksgiving, because we'll go from here, our family, and our family, one of our traditions is when we gather around tables, we will ask, we will ask the table to name the things, to look back on their year, to look back on a bigger than their year, and name the things that you're thankful for. My kids, in the midst of Christmas lists, and what do you want, and what can we put under the tree? Uh, before that, we'll stop and say, okay, what are, what are you thankful for? And then uh, the, the psalmist declares that it's not just wisdom to be thankful, right? Because I can be thankful for a thing, and the, the point is still about the thing, right? If I'm thankful for my car, the point is still the car. But we'll try to take the next step, to recognize the things we're thankful for, and then to praise God for the things that we're thankful for, because God is the giver of all those good things. So to take those moments, to, to, to name the things that we're thankful for, if you don't have the tradition, I'd recommend start the tradition, name the things that you're thankful for, don't stop at just the thing. But then praise God for the very thing that you're thankful for. Because I do feel like it's so countercultural. It's so subversive. Because I do feel like there's a game that we often play. It's a game that actually stands in the way of our being thankful. It's, it's a game that I like to call the, the if only. Right? The if only game. Because so often we can become so focused on just the, the if onlys. That like, if only something was different, then then I could be grateful. Then I would be content. Then I would be happy. Right? If only, if only the thing would have turned out different. If only I could have gotten the promotion. If only the job. If only. And what happens when we play the if only game is it robs us of the ability to be content right here, right now, for everything that God has given. So today, may we fight against the if-onlys. May we be people who, like the psalmist says, in wisdom, focus on all of the good things of God, all of the ways God has blessed us. And then, may we turn that thanksgiving to God, the giver of every good thing. It's uh, Paul. Paul, one of the early apostles, one of the, one of the first Christian church missionaries, uh, Paul went through his world planting churches in the name of Jesus. And uh, one of the churches Paul planted was a church in a city called Thessalonica. Uh, Paul would write letters to the churches he, he planted and some he didn't plant. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, Paul says this. He says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Uh, today on this Thanksgiving, may we live into those words. May we rejoice, may we pray, and may we give thanks in all circumstances because, like the psalmist reminds us, we know that God is good and his love endures forever. May that be true of how we live today and may how we live today shape how we go forward. 
And this morning, we're going to have the opportunity uh, to practice this today. But before we practice this today, uh, we have a couple uh, guests, uh, part of the community of Fairhaven, uh, who I want to invite up on the stage to share, like the psalmist, they're looking back on what God has done in the last year and a half of their lives and the way they're thankful. So, Jeff and Tammy Hage, thank you for joining me on the stage. Let me go ahead and start these. You can take both of these stools. There you are. All right. Uh, for those of you that might not know Jeff and Tammy, uh, this, this is Jeff and Tammy. Will you welcome Jeff and Tammy? Jeff and Tammy, I'm sure, are super comfortable because is there any more comfortable place than sitting on a stage in front of... This is very intimidating. I yeah. don't like this at all. And so, so I promise you, they're, they're actually quite nice. Right? I'm supposed to picture you in your underwear, I was told. Oh, which just makes things awkward and intimidating, right? Like it really doesn't make things better. But so Jeff and Tammy, today on Thanksgiving is we, we read a psalm of a psalmist looking back on the story of God on their own story and recognized the ways through the story uh, they were able to see God in the ways they have been thankful. I'd like to invite you two to share. Um, you've kind of gone through the ringer in the last year and a half. Uh, uh, your last year and a half couldn't have been anything you could have expected uh, when we were here two years ago on Thanksgiving. Uh, so could you share with us uh, some of what's kind of happened in that last year and a half? Why you're why you're here expressing your thanks on the stage? Well, first of all, Greg, I'm going to point at you. <laughs> I had told him that I would do this on a video, not up in front of all of you. <laughs> Bait and switch. It's awesome. So here I am, totally out of my comfort zone, but thank you, Greg, for pushing me. Um, anyway, where do we begin? Um, what started out as what I thought was a cold and a sinus infection, which I dealt with for years um, um, with my sinuses, um, sinus infections. Um, but that changed after a couple days. Um, I started noticing my chest was hurting. Um, I had a really bad headache. I was running a fever, which I had never had pneumonia or bronchitis or anything like that. So it was all new. I knew something wasn't quite right. So that's when I the COVID came into my head, and um, I went to, um, my mom picked me up because I laid around on the couch for three days. I was just exhausted, and um, off to get a COVID test, and then um, didn't find out till I had COVID until I was actually in um, the emergency, and that brings us to August 18. Um, that was the day when... Um, our uncle, which is a doctor, and he had moved to Grand Rapids back as he retired. And I thought, I'm going to call Uncle Jim and um, see what he thinks. And he said, well, you need a, I think you call him an oximeter. And I'm like, oh, shoot, we don't have one of those. I know who does. I called my sister-in-law, Amy, and I said, I know she has one. <clears throat> so I um, did that, and it read like 82, 84, and I'm thinking, I don't know, what does that mean? I had no idea what that meant. Called Uncle Jim, and he said, um, that's not good. I think you have COVID pneumonia, and you need to um, get to the ER, like, now. And I said, well, Jeff's at the dentist. Coming home from work, going to stop at the dentist. Um, do I have 
time to wait for him. And he said, well, if he gets home now, but otherwise you should probably find, you know, call your kids. And um, he walked in the door as I was grabbing my bags. And um, I said, sorry, but you have to take me to ER, which was really hard because we had just lost a friend six months prior to that, to COVID. He went in on a Friday and died on a Sunday, and he was just a few years older than we were. Um, so that was scary, um, but we thought we were going to be coming back home that day, but we didn't. There was a lot of ups and downs for like two, two and a half weeks while she was like not on a ventilator. It's like, yeah, she should be able to come home on Saturday. Well, that didn't happen. And, uh, yeah, she should be able to come home on the next Friday. Well, that didn't happen. And then she, she got blood clots. And her lungs, lungs just look terrible. Um, it was wee hours of the morning on Labor Day where the doctor pulled me aside. It was actually at 256, and that's my son's motocross number. <laughs> anyway. It's probably good. Anyway, okay. Um, 2.56 in the morning, he pulled me out in the hallway. We were, I mean, we were both awake. Nobody was sleeping at all. Said, your wife has, you know, COVID pneumonia really bad. It's looking like the only alternative, or the only thing that can save her is being put on the ventilator. And Tame and I talked about this before. The ventilator, I guess you'd think, well, she's going to die. And that's what was in my head. That's what was in most people's head. That's what happened six months prior to uh, with, with a friend of ours. And be, before, uh, we, we talked about this, we said, no, I, what, if, if it comes to that, we, I don't want to be put on the ventilator. We both said that. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. But I didn't think it would come to that. And then here it is, right in my face, not believing it. It's like, this is nuts. Yeah, that's the only option. Either that or she's going to die. And even on the ventilator, she'll have a 10% chance. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? It's nuts. So we go back in the room, tell Tammy what's going to happen. And we did that for the vent, of course. He prayed over Tammy and left the room, and I was mad. It's like, God, what are you, why? I mean, I, I thought she was going to die because, anyway. I texted the kids. They were all at the cottage. Like I said, it was Labor Day weekend. They're all at um, Tammy's parents' cottage. And I said, when you guys get this in the morning, if you come back, you might need to say your goodbyes, which I don't think anybody actually said goodbye, but they said something. That they made it back in time before she got put on, and um, they took Tammy away, and I, I went with her and um, to, to the ICU. I had everything ready. Tons of people in there and stuff. And um, that was it. <laughs> then it was a lot of prayer. Um, I don't know who set up the prayer vigil that day. 
Labor Day night. But I was exhausted. I didn't even go. I went back home, and I crashed. He hadn't slept for a couple of days. <clears throat> Either one of us had. So anyway, I'm, that's one thing I'm thankful for is that prayer vigil. That was nice. A lot of family, friends, people from the church came and prayed, laid their hands on the church. Greg went up to the room, talked with Tyler, who was in the room at the same time. It was nice. So they put you, so you're on the ventilator in the hospital. Obviously, the story doesn't end there, right? Um, you, you'd spent some time there. You transferred then over to Mary Freebed for a, what they thought was going to be kind of a long stint at Mary Freebed, uh, which thankfully wasn't as long as what they were, they were expecting. Um, would you share a little bit about kind of how you experienced kind of God, the, the church, the people of God kind of in that process? You just shared a little bit with the, the kind of prayer vigil of the community gathering around. Yeah, um, to go back, I staring at those same four walls for probably three weeks before I went on the vent. I definitely felt the prayers from all of you um, and can't thank you enough, um, my family, with their, as much as they could come and see me because um, there was a time when it, there could only be two. So then it was my mom and Jeff every day. Um, but, yeah, Mary Freebed, um, they told me, uh, talking with different doctors and nurses, that it would probably be four to six weeks. Um, and I figured that that's what they were just telling me, that it was going to, they thought it was going to be longer than that, and I said, no way. I'm not going to be there. I need to get home. I've already been gone for, I don't know, 40-some days um, for my family. And um, I wanted to see my new little grandbaby daughter, River, being born. wanted to be there for my daughter, so I said my goal is three weeks, and I did it. Um, I think it was right around three weeks, and um, I was out of there. Um, but... Um, it was crazy because my one of my um, physical therapists was Ben, and he goes to this church. I don't know if he's here today. I can't think of his last name at, at the time. But what a small world. Thank you, Ben. Um, yeah, he helped me learn how to walk. Um, I had to learn how to walk, talk, eat, swallow. That um, was kind of like starting over like a newborn baby. Um, it was crazy to wake up and not be able to even hardly lift my my hands. I couldn't even hold my phone. When I first, Jeff or my kids gave me my phone, it felt like 100 pounds. Mm. I was like, wow, this is, this is wow. crazy. Wow. Wow. And can you update us on your health today? How we're doing today? Yeah. I mean, I won't know how my lungs are unless something happens and I have um, a CAT scan on them again. Um, I think the last one was actually in the hospital before I went to Mary Freebed. Um, for a long time, just like going up and down the stairs, um, I was huffing and puffing. Um, but I did like the three weeks at Mary Freebed, and then when I got home, I did outpatient for like two to three days a week. And then, um, yeah, and then after that, I did um, pulmonary rehab up until this past March. Um, so, um, oh, my kidneys. I could have prayer for my kidneys. My kidneys were functioning, let me see, last year at this time at 35%. Um, in July, they were 40%, and I don't go in for a couple more weeks. Um, but just constant, like, blood work still yet. 
Um, I still blow in my little spirometer, I don't know what you call that, um, every day. Try to keep those lungs a-moving. Um, but, yeah, as far as I can tell, God has blessed me hugely. So as you sit today on Thanksgiving today, uh, can you share a little bit, um, like the psalmist, the psalmist looked back at the story and said, God is good, his love endures, and, and goes to thanks. What are, you, what are you thankful for today on this Thanksgiving? Um, just to be here, be here um, alive, and I feel blessed that God has given me more time here on earth. Um, just to love on others, love on my family, um, and just share his love. Love it. I'm thankful that my best friend is still alive and we can share life together still. But I'm, I want to thank all you guys, too. I know I did this last year, sitting way over there. Um, but, I don't know, just donations. People came over and, and did our landscaping. Um, thousands of cards. Thousands of cards. Which I still have. <laughs> Yeah, just thank you for your prayers and support. It was an awesome and humbling at the same time, but it it was great. Awesome. Praise God. Uh, Would you join me? And would you you pray with me? Uh, God, we are grateful. Uh, For you are good and your love endures forever. And for all of the ways that we see that goodness, that we see that love in our lives, in our stories, in Jeff and Tammy's story, God, we give you thanks. Uh, We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.